Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 17 of Jace Bellerin Must Die. I want to thank whoever's house had traffic outside it that honked as soon as I hit yeah. unmute. Oh, we all heard that? Okay, yeah. good. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Beep, beep. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. It's good. I'd like to... We're doing folly work this yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I've got all kinds of miscellaneous objects here to bang together for foley. It'll be perfect. Uh, so hello, hi, welcome everyone. Come on in. We're gonna definitely kill Jay Speller in today. Or oh Katie. yeah, it's gonna happen. Maybe Katie's character instead will die if Jace cannot oh be. Oh my god! You know, it's fine. You're still friends. You, you got a conspiracy to deal with together. It's okay. Oh, Don't. No, 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 no. The bullying and group chat is out of control. Oh, like, oh. it hasn't started yet. <laughs> it hasn't even begun. Everyone. Is think bullying me in our group yes. chat? Not a day goes by when I'm not. <laughs> so just to give you a little, a little insight, it. just a little bit of insight into the into this the Slack that we use to communicate. Usually, what'll happen will be that TK says something mean about Katie, and the rest of us just post laughing emoji. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much the experience. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really, I really appreciate being named as the instigator, not just because it's true, but because I love credit. Mm, yeah, exactly. I wanted to credit you for being so mean. Um, yeah, it's not that. bullying if you're a lackey, Katie. <laughs> wow. 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 Good, good deflection because up until, because up until a few episodes ago, Carlos, might I remind you, you were the target of TK's cruelty. So this must be nice for you. But now not it's be. not me. So it's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Summer vacation over there for Carlos. Yeah. Yeah. Now Carlos gets to be the one standing behind the bully being like, yeah, you are a nerd. <laughs> it's not me. Get him. Get him, bud. <laughs> yep. Yep. So that's the that's the positive gaming environment that we facilitate in the, in the back. No, but this this kind of thing. And I was talking to somebody else about this because I, I recently started up a, a game uh, on Saturdays with some some new folks. And like TK, I tend to tease people to kind of get a feel for like the relationship a little bit. And so. Oh, that's why I do it. Yeah. A member in a member of get out of here. I know. I see you. I see you doing it. I see how nice you are and how friendly you're being and the mean ways that you do it. I see it. Yeah, it's a cry for help. <laughs> you just want friends. I know. How it I don't need help. Okay. I'm going to give you the hug anyways. You're trying to hunting you. <laughs> I started a new show and and I was uh I was basically just like kind of like prodding the various cast members and someone in chat said oh see there's no max in this game so adam is trying to find who's going to be the person to tease so there's always like somebody at any given time in a group where everybody's just like yeah let's let's poke katie now it's your turn i i at least have a rotating yeah. yeah. Um, so I did tell Katie through DMs the other day that Masood is the only one that I probably wouldn't bully out of this. Pretty sure there was an episode where I would, my butt was roasted for being brought <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but you were like, that. <laughs> that, was your, that was like you, you were a wounded gazelle. Right, right. <laughs> you're back into your full like, form like, now. I would never touch that. You know, and That's also, enough. only when I'm at my weakest. And also, yeah. who can turn down a good butt roast? I mean, yeah. really. That's very true. Who can it's say no to yeah, the opportunity? All the, the tender bits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We didn't put the banana peel on the floor, but you slipped on it. So, <laughs> okay. So this is a side story. Uh, I was Please. once in college walking down the street. Uh, it recently <laughs> rained and I saw a banana peel and I was like, oh, interesting. And then I continued my conversation and then I stepped on the banana peel. 
and I slid. Uh, I, I did not flip, but I did like do a, a, a like a sixty five percent split. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's happened. And then there was a puff of smoke. <laughs> and Wiley Coyote came out and it was like shucks. I thought the Roadrunner was all for that. I just uh, kept waiting for this story to end with Carla saying he punched you in the butt. <laughs> I got punched in the butt. I uh, was ready. <laughs> I, I, I was even I was started. just really excited no. about the the very strange sentence that you used to start that story. Once I was in college and walking down enough. the street. That's really it's good. It's it's poetic in a confusing way. It sounds like the entrance to a five paragraph essay is exactly. Uh-huh. What it it's like y'all knew I took AP English. Y'all, y'all are so <laughs> locked in. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this guy above the port was the color of a television tune to Masood's butt. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Butt on the brain today. So besides besides proving that besides proving that you can actually slip on a banana peel and get punched in the butt, what have you been up to, Masood? Um, what uh, things are good? Uh, just been running around since last week. Um, not really much. Uh, I'm working on a new show that's going to be opening at the end of August uh, at the Steppenwolf Theater in Chicago. Um, oh, really excited! What? Yeah, it's, it's the expansion space. They're like doing stuff. I'll send you all invites. Um, it's it, it, I'm pretty pumped about that. Uh, and then just working, you know, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much? So, how much work goes into doing something like that? Like, are we talking about like? 10 hour days for two months or like, yeah, sure. 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 Um, I would probably be about typically it's a 10 week process with, um, three hour rehearsals once a week until you get closer to it. And then it's probably about like, uh, if you, hopefully if schedules, if people's schedules allow, uh, doing like six hours, um, and like the three weeks prior, uh, and then you're in show and then you don't have rehearsals. You just run it. You just yeah. do it. You just do the thing. And do you find that, do you find that it changes much once it starts or is it like locked down and then you do exactly the same thing? Like what kind of, what kind of, like, I definitely alter? think it changes over time. Yeah. Um, and, and that can be good and bad. Obviously right. like if you sit with it for a while, um, you would just find things that are more funny and like better ways to punch up. Um, and then there are times where you're sitting with it for so long, you're like, that's not funny anymore. That's definitely not funny. No one will find this humorous. Um, this isn't saying what I wanted to say. People are not going to laugh for the right. Like you, you can always get into it for too long. Um, uh-huh. So I would say the you just want to try and not <laughs> if you kept like like. It's so I, I imagine like, I imagine it takes yeah. an amount of it takes an amount of sort of self trust, right? To be like we all agreed this is a funny bit. And it's working. There's no reason to change it, even if we're bored of it. Yeah, I think especially uh, like just in terms of like the process, because from start to finish, um, when you get like to week 10, um, there's also the notion of being like just kind of done with it. Yeah. Um, And I just want to like move forward. (laughs) Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you're like, I still have like a week of shows and people who right. bought tickets. And that's like, that's a good experience in and of itself because there's going to be people there laughing at your funny jokes, but you're like, stop laughing. It's not funny. It's not funny. <laughs> not I'm anymore. just sick no, of no, no. this. And I, how dare you laugh at this terrible <laughs> joke? Uh, right now we're just um, writing, what's it called? Uh, just material. So doing yeah. like content generation, which uh, also is very fun. And also you just got to be mindful of... Um, 
other people's egos. I'm not going to say <laughs> I've ever been uh, <laughs> sensitive about people critiquing my work. That's never happened. No, uh, no. But yeah. <laughs> no, what, uh, yeah, the environment's what are some, very What are some jokes that aren't hitting? What, what's like the biggest one that like... <laughs> Tell us the least funny thing you've ever made up before. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be you. It could be someone else. I don't care. For sure. So there's this joke that I'm trying to do about Hitler, uh, and I just can't. I like, you know what I mean? Um, there's actually apparently a bit in uh, for a while that folks were doing the new standups where they would tell them this joke, be like, I just can't make this joke about Hitler work. And they would like try to get the new standup to do it in their set. Uh, <laughs> like just to like bomb on purpose. Uh, that's Chicago comedy for you, baby. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Mean. <laughs> <laughs> so that's happening. You said end of August, the end of August. Yeah. yeah. Nice. August. Um, like I think September 1st, actually the, 30th and 31st that weekend we all two shows um there and then a few more the following weeks nice nice well i i gotta i gotta say i appreciate that people can tune into this show for all of their magic the gathering themed dungeons and dragons shenanigans and also chicago comedy news because <laughs> i feel like Kate, katie you have you have some chicago comedy related stuff going on too right yeah, uh, Dungeons and Dice and Everything Nice was just uh, accepted into the Women's Funny Festival. Hell yeah. Yeah, the only Dungeons and Dragons content that that has. <laughs> Much needed. That's, but that's great though, right? Like you don't want to be like, yeah, we're part of the Dungeons and Dragons Comedy Fest because there's going to be a bunch of, a, like you got your thing, you got your niche down. So Yeah, 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 yeah. we're... we're we're nailing down that niche of uh, the all women Dungeons and Dragons comedy. That's it. We're, we've done it. Um, so yeah, but it's like 400 performers over like one weekend. There's a lot of like stand up, cabaret, mm-hmm. improv sketch. I think like uh, the people who go right after us are like Anarchy, the improvised musical. So oh, I know just- them. Yeah, they're wonderful oh. people. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. So we're right before them. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. Tell- we're, we're- yeah. We, we talk so, off, off We'll talk. We'll talk Chicago comedy, baby. Uh, oh, I love it. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, got that to look forward to. Sandwiched in between Gen Con and I think I might be going to Dragon Con now. So oh, cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. Dragon Dragon Con's one of the ones that that I hear about all the time, but I have never. That's the one in Atlanta. Yeah. Dragon Con and Dragon Con's a big cosplay one too. Cosplay I know. One. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's super I don't know cool. the differences between the cons in terms of what is cosplay heavy and what is like. Yeah, the, there's there's pretty yeah. much there's pretty much like I would say kind of the four big ones are like packs, and you can kind of lump all the packs together, and that's mostly video games. And then Origins, which is like I understand it to be like a nicer, less intense Gen Con. And then there's Gen Con, which okay. up until a couple of years ago was pretty much just like 50 year old white dudes and their friends. It's been around forever, but it's like starting to shift. The demographic's pretty different now, which is cool. And mm-hmm. then uh, and then Dragon Con, which is like I think of it as like the cosplay one, but I think it's a bunch of stuff. I think it's games. It's, and- it's an enormous fantasy con. Yeah. They're big enough. They have their own like TV channel inside of the hotel during the convention. Wow. It- con news for that's my husband going to uh lunch thank you dear <laughs> <laughs> that's my my garage 
<laughs> Even though I was like, hey, I made veggie chili and you could have some for lunch. And I saw his eyes glaze over to where he was like already fantasizing about what he was actually going to have for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that moment. It's a whole day of betrayal for you, TK. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Yep. So Katie, you're you're going to, you're going to Dragon Con this year, you think? Not confirmed. Maybe. Maybe. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to ask you. I, I, I've been to Gen Con once and I was so overwhelmed. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm trying to go this year and not be overwhelmed. Cause like I walked in and like the first thing I saw were just like the sea of mostly old white men. Yeah. And then just like a t shirt up in the distance that had like two D20s on the chest. And then the phrase is just natural and i was like gen Gen con does need to work on its like vendor like approvals process like a little bit there's definitely some booths where you like walk into the entrance and you're just like look at all of the chainmail bikinis look at just look at them all and you just head down and just walk past um my my gen con survival technique is uh just you have a booth right yeah don't leave it just go there and if and if anybody wants to like hang out or talk to you or anything just make them come to your booth mm-hmm. have have some nice conversations and then just let them just let them go let them return to the So here's the problem Adam if connection. I take your advice you and I will never meet because you will be at your booth and I will be at mine <laughs> It's my secret plan you got it I just listen I just I want to try to get all the way through Gen Con without being stabbed in the back okay Katie so I was trying to protect myself but you're going to just yes. call me out um. Uh, yeah, doing the bullying. Uh, you, you make me so want good. to stab everyone in the back. You make me- <laughs> we're just we're turning you into the monster. We're pretending that you are. <laughs> that's such a that's such a familiar narrative. I believe there's an Eminem song about that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I met Winnaker. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes, that's how I, that's how I survive that and just doing panels and stuff. I just go, I go out and I do the panel and I return to my booth and I hide out there. Yeah. Um, I'll usually do one, like walk around one, like three hour, like look at everything, but just do it once and have a plan. Cause I get overwhelmed pretty easily too. And I find that at yeah. cons, that's the thing that makes me think I shouldn't be there is the like, yeah. I don't know if I've seen this booth or not. I don't care, but I'm like freaking out. Cause I'm not sure if I have, and I'm like, just go, just go back to the thing and hide. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I remember I, uh, we did that interview at, yeah. um, what was that? Unplugged. Yeah. Unplugged. And you would just walk around and people just yell. It's not like they're like, hey, Adam, what's going on? They're just like, ah, ah, like that mm-hmm. to you. And I'm like, and you're like, you're like, hey, what's up? And then you just like politely walk by or whatever. And then like some people can actually form words and like, will be like, hey, can I get a photo with you? And there's literally a camera on you at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm walking around with a camera and like people just don't care. It's like yeah. you're it's like. I don't know. I like, I, I think, you know, like I like, I like that. I like, I like when people come up and say hi and they're like, Hey, I like the show that you do. Even, even if they don't know how to like engage, even if they just get excited and want to come over and just be like, hi, I recognize you in a sea of like vaguely scary strangers. Here's a person that I know. I don't know what I want to say, but I've already started walking towards you. We made eye contact. And then, uh, and then they're like, you know, they're there that those conversations are always nice for me because people will come up and they'll just be like, Oh my God, I love Jace Miller and must die. And I'll be like, cool. Me too. I also love that. We have it in common. Have you seen the last episode? Okay, great. Cool. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to go. 
this is yeah. this is my friend Carlos. He's in the middle of filming me for a thing right now. Yeah, but thank know, you like, for making me Carlos. look famous in front of Carlos. <laughs> He's holding a camera like on yeah. me right now. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully, Katie, your Gen Con experience is, is full of people coming up and telling you how much they appreciated you stabbing everybody in the back and how cool Reddit yeah. is. That'd be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be good. That'd be good. So that's my that's my trial. order. Jay Spellerin must die. Uh, watchers, audience members, if you're a Gen Con and you see Katie, yeah, thank her for her hard work in in being the heel in this group for the time being. <laughs> it's only gonna get worse. <laughs> good, 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 excellent, baby. You just ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> yeah well carlos are you you're ramping up for con season two i know we got a panel we gotta we gotta talk a little bit about what else is going yeah. on you got anything any you got any chicago comedy news for us <laughs> i went to uh, a burger fest mm-hmm. i went Ooh. to a burger fest uh, over the weekend so chicago chicago festivals are weird because like when they're in normal neighborhoods it's usually like five dollar donation to get in but then when they're in like richie neighborhoods it's like 20 to 25 dollars to get in Mm -hmm. and at that point i just walk in like because it's a donation and it makes me feel bad for the next two days so (laughs) i wanted to talk about that right now (laughs) feeling bad when you don't donate to a burger fest in chicago oh my gosh you like did you buy any burgers there yeah i bought yeah so you 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 donate to get into the burger fest so that you can then pay money to buy burgers to buy burgers yes So you don't like, get a discount on these burgers when you, you don't get like money. a free burger with your donor. No. Okay. All right. No, but yeah. they block off a street. And in order to walk down that street, you have to pay like anywhere between like 10 to $25. Mm-hmm. Do you mind me asking what neighborhood this was in? Uh, this was Roscoe village. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's a little, you know, yeah. PK, yeah. let's just like nod and smile like we know where that is. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that but place. I like burgers. Yeah. I don't know. That was my big thing that I did this weekend. Oh, and I did mushrooms while I was at the burger fest. So that was <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very casual. I, guess I, I also that. love mushrooms on burgers <laughs> too. Well, speaking of which, has anybody else seen Midsummer? Anybody else no, watched that film yeah. yet? It oh, didn't come describe to my the cow. entire plot to me during yeah. the lunch. <laughs> It is. It's like the world's worst burger fest. Uh, I saw it twice. I've seen it twice now. And wow. Cool. It, Rub it in. That's fine. It was great. I'm sorry, TK. You'll get a chance. Is no, it I won't. Good? I live in rural Kentucky. So they, they almost didn't even show Black Panther here. I mean, it'll, it'll show up on the internet and you'll be able to watch it there. Oh, but, yeah, that's true. I could watch on Netflix. Um, I think, yeah, it's it's interesting because Hereditary was really good. Hereditary is uh, Ari Aster's other first sort of first film and mm-hmm. it was super good much more traditionally a horror movie right there's mm-hmm. it feels more like there's more like scary scary stuff going on um midsummer is shot entirely during the day so it's super weird that way for a horror good. movie it's all very bright um yeah so and then um it's just like slow as hell and it's like ari ari Aster was like well you all love my first movie so now i can do whatever i want and yeah, yeah it's nice. really yeah it's really slow and really interesting and the first time through i missed most of the first halves like any of its like subtlety because i was just like trying to figure out i was like all right what's happening what's going on who are these people what's this what is that thing what's that bear doing there and then the second time i watched it it recontextualizes the whole first half and i was just like oh i know all of, like i understand now what all of this stuff is gonna mean mm-hmm. so yeah i definitely think it was worth watching it's like watching the ritual 
Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like movies that are like that where you kind of just walk cluelessly through the first part and then it all starts to fit together. Yeah. Oh. I'm definitely the old person in this line because I think movies are too dark for theaters. I'm sorry, Masood, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, um, there's a Netflix series that I really enjoyed going through a second pass, which is Russian doll. Mm. Um, oh yeah. And yeah. like watching it a second time, knowing the ways in which it is cyclical yeah. was like, mm-hmm. Oh, I remember seeing that and like that. And then there was a moment where I like, remember watching the first time and it caught me so off guard the way these, um, I'm just going to say two storylines cross mm. overlap over one another that in the second time I was looking for their overlap and I still missed it to like yeah. when they like reference it. I was like, Oh crap, that also happened. And I still didn't see it the second time through. Um, no, it's very, I, I really like that. Like yeah, when I that started- sort of, I go down like um, YouTube rabbit holes of just like what what's the symbolism? What oh, is it? Yeah, all- same. Yeah, I, I watch a lot I of watched, that. I watched Us last week, and I was just like, "Oh, this movie's dope!" And then like I started like looking it up, and then I'm like, "Oh, I gotta watch it a second time yeah. just to like see everything." Mm-hmm. I had like, I had that exact same response to Us, where I watched it, and I was like, "This is good. This was a good movie." And then I got yeah. home and I read a bunch of stuff by people who are like film critics and smarter than me, and I was like. Oh, this is a really good movie, and I yeah. missed all of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like it's stuff from like the suits to like how they move to like the rabbits to like what was on their t-shirts at the time. Like, man, people are looking at everything. It's a it's a delicate balance, I think, because you can also make a movie that feels like a seventh grade English essay about symbolism in like <laughs> oh, yeah. a, a terrible book, right? If you're just like the color red in the book. <laughs> Whatever. Like it's, yeah. So it can feel really awkward when someone doesn't have like a good handle on that stuff. But yeah, I, I really like when there's, there's subtle stuff like that in movies. I watched, um, beyond the black rainbow not too long ago. And that was one that as soon as I got home, I was just like, I have to learn everything about what the fuck was going on. Is that a, is that another horror film? Is that sci-fi? It's it's like a surrealist sci-fi movie. It's by the director that did, uh, Mandy. It's his like first. Oh, really? It's his first movie. Yeah, and it's like it's got a little bit of um, it's like a weird '60s style like psychopharmacopoeia like crazy science drugs movie. It's it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, all these movies that didn't come to my theater. Yeah, I watched I watched that one on the internet. I had to I have because I think that one didn't get like a big theater release at all. I never heard about it, and I live in the big old city of Chicago. So, but us didn't come to my theater either. Really? Yeah. At least you live somewhere where there's internet. At least that you have that so that we Thank can you. have you. Hey, I pay way too much for way too little, but I got it. <laughs> I know hey. that. Hey. I'm watching Spectral. the trailer for this Beyond the Black Rainbow. Oh, my God. Looks yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's very surreal. And it's got kind of a Solaris level of, like, long, tense weirdness where you're just like, why are we still looking at this cloud? Why? Yeah, it's been yeah. it's been four oh. minutes. I don't understand. <laughs> and then you just kind of like like okay, all right, this is my I life get now. The clouds now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was the, end of the favorite. I, I don't know if anyone's watched the end of that, but um, the favorite is that the one with the it's the gay one with the queen and the and everybody. Yes. Yeah, that didn't come to my theater either. The thing <laughs> you should watch that. I'm beginning to think you don't have a theater. <laughs> no, I do. It's just. Um, it's the run by a guy who like really hates Jane Fonda. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just That's the like, characteristic. <laughs> he just um like 
we almost didn't get Black Panther. You're seeing a trend in what yeah. mm. come to my theater and which mm. ones wait, don't. Wait, wait, wait. In rural Kentucky, you <laughs> almost didn't get Black Panther and then a film Black about Black people surviving <laughs> a horror film also didn't. Now, hold on, we might be onto something. Wait yeah, a I minute. wonder wait if wait maybe I'm like, seeing a pattern. Like, yeah. You guys are all racist. Like lighting is too dark. Is that <laughs> the lighting is? Don't you know how hard it is to light black people? It's very. Tough. TK said sarcastically, staring into the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Carlos, have you have you seen the favorite? Have you seen that movie? No. Okay. No, I think uh, I think you will. I think if you watch, it's a good movie. You should watch it. It's fantastic. Okay. I think if you if you watch it, you will appreciate it like I did. I don't think any lens used in that film is uh, narrower than twenty one millimeters. Like I think no. I think twenty one is like the tightest it gets. There's a bunch of shots that are shot at like fourteen. Yeah, it's it's nuts. You get like everything in every scene, basically. And I it's the widest angle movie I've the, ever seen in my life. I'm looking at the trailer right now. And so far, oh, wow. They went fisheye. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. A ton of it is like that. It looks like a skateboard video from the 90s. Um, yeah. And everything uh, more importantly, the outfit that Rachel Weiss wears uh, while she's shooting the stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what I got to say about that movie. Yes, That's that, all. That, I'm, I'm sorry. I actually didn't hear you, Katie. What did you say about that movie? <laughs> Uh, the outfit that Rachel Weiss wears when she's shooting the birds is very nice. Thank mm-hmm. you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> yes, she is in that film very much a feisty murder lesbian, and it is great. Yeah. So if you haven't watched that, there you go. Now, now coming coming to the end of our, our pre-show for Jace Beller and Must Die, you have a bunch of movies that you can watch unless you live where TK lives. That's in fine. which That's case. Fine. You cannot. My internet's so bad, I can't even like pirate them. It's cool. I'm gonna say, get an external hard drive, and then. <laughs> um, well, TK, you must, you must, you must be keeping yourself busy somehow. What have you been up to in what I now understand to be the far reaches of <laughs> rural America? It's not even the far. Not. Like, there's really no excuse for it. I live outside of Fort Knox. <laughs> it's like, really, uh, not much working out working that's it <laughs> i'm coming strong i know i'm like super money. yeah i'm gonna be ripped at packs i'm excited nice. not that i'm going leave me alone don't, <laughs> don't come find me <laughs> <laughs> hmm. suspicious <laughs> i'm going to be ripped around packs time maybe in seattle <laughs> nice i'm excited so are you are you focused on like uh lifting strength endurance fighting supervillains what's what's the plan or is it just oh, overall like Vasquez from aliens oh really yeah Vasquez was bad without the brown facing yeah but- i didn't i didn't know about <laughs> that until like re- until like i was an adult like i watched that movie a bunch of times as a kid and i was like cool Yo, Vasquez is awesome and then i read it i was like oh wait oh, what no. about Vasquez? What? um what's her name something goldstein Dang, what was her name? It doesn't matter. Uh, Are you ruining my childhood right now? What is going on? <laughs> what will ruin your childhood? Finding out that it's a white lady who spent hours on makeup so that she could become a Hispanic lady? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Is that an example? Because, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we can just we can just instead imagine that, that Vasquez was played by Michelle Rodriguez. Let's just do that. We'll just pretend oh. that it was her. Anyways, this is 
and Jay Spellerin must die. We can wrap it up. We've already ruined Carlos. No, <laughs> it's whole I mean, at the same so time, though, I still, I still love aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you can love the character without the the way the character was. I have I have a little figure of her, my little wife. Okay. Oh, Vasquez is a badass. That's true. Yeah, she's so cool. I wanna I wanna have like her her guns. I'm like hell yeah. And that part where like the guys like you were mistaken for a man. She looks at her. She's like, no. Have you? It's I'm like weird. oh fuck yeah, Vasquez yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it Jeanette? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of feisty murder lesbians, that's another one on the list, right? Vasquez. She's just so tough and cool. Yes. Yeah. I believe she's canonically has a younger sister that was in the Colonial Marines aliens game. Yeah, that's right. I feel like what, that's the thing that happens when they make video games uh, or comics or whatever out of popular t- like movies or TV shows where they're like, well, we can't use the licensed characters because they're very expensive. So how about we have uh, Sigourney Weaver's character's younger brother's cousin? Bam, there you go. Because then we can use the name. And yeah, it's like John Ripley. And you're like, no, no, stop it. Just make a new character. <laughs> I love it. I do. I will say that um, Alien Isolation, where it's Ripley's daughter, Amanda, well, because she's she's already in the um, she's already in the canon, right? In those scenes from Aliens yeah. where she's sad because her daughter's old. Yeah, well, her daughter died of old age yeah. because it'd been fifty years, and uh, but like at the same time, like it's it's Wayland Yutani that told her that, and we know how forthcoming they are with information. <laughs> Whatever, Burke did nothing wrong. All right. He was just doing his I can't even finish this sentence. Fuck that guy. All right, let's play some Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> but yeah, go watch Aliens. It's good. Uh all right. So a lot happened uh in our in our last episode. A lot, a lot of things occurred and uh things have uh, some things have changed, some some have stayed the same, but we'll get back to the we'll get back to the party momentarily. Uh today's episode begins uh somewhere else. Uh, it begins in a gruel rubble belt somewhere. Uh, we, uh, we, we hear first the sounds of, um, a, a gruel, I'm just going to say celebration, but we can't, we're not sure of the, the emotional tenor. We hear drums, we hear chanting and shouting. Uh, and as the, as the scene fades in from the, uh, from the opening credits, we see, uh, that this is an area that has been destroyed uh, either by the gruel or occupied by it after its destruction by some other means. So there are buildings toppled in the streets. There is uh, rubble everywhere. Uh, the gruel encampments are built up around the ruins of old shops and uh, and houses. And the other guilds have been driven from this neighborhood. And in their place, the uh, the frenzy of the of the gruel remains. And it seems like these gruel are in the middle of some kind of ceremony or or celebration because they're gathered around uh, an enormous uh, an enormous pyre. There's a great, a great fire burning in the center of this camp, and we see uh, goblins and ogres and humans all painted in the the green and red markings of the of the gruel, uh, dancing and uh, and sort of hanging around in this this area. And as we uh, as we come closer, we can see that above the fire. Uh, the, um, the the flickering of the, the tongues of flame kind of lapping at its legs. We see an effigy. Uh, it is an enormous like a straw, a straw doll wearing 
leather, uh, leather armor. Um, it has a, uh, a dyed straw, like a mohawk. Uh, and we can recognize that this is, this is an effigy of the, uh, of the firebrand of Vico. Uh, this appears to be Vico's gruel, uh, funeral. He's dead. Yeah, he's very dead. So, however, we see we see on a on a platform made out of uh, out of Clap's building. Maybe it's the upper level of a building that's been knocked over. Mostly, uh, we can see two gruel figures. One is in the midst of eulogizing uh, the the firebrand, talking about uh, our brother, glorious firebrand, mighty among the Zerta. We see a, a half elf, and they are um, they're marked similarly, uh, wearing. Some kind of gruel ceremonial uh, outfit. Uh, they are uh, pierced and tattooed, and they bear a more than passing resemblance to uh, to Vico, um, though they they appear to be younger. Uh, a distinctive mark on this person, though, is that they have, and it seems like to be a a fresh wound or or something new. They have a um a jewel of some kind that's been embedded in their their forehead, and the skin around it is still red and uh, and raw. Uh, and healing. And then lurking behind them, we see a, um, a minotaur uh, standing arms folded, looking vigilant, kind of casting a, a gaze around. They finish their, their eulogy and uh, the crowd, uh, the crowd shouts and cheers and continues their celebration of the life of uh, mighty Vico. And as this half elf, this figure turns, we see a, uh, we see a third uh, person, uh, a scout wearing a, um, a cloak with a, a hood up. We see them approach. Now they're a they're a gruel uh, as well. They're dressed in uh, in dark green. Um, we can't see their face very clearly, but they approach. They come past this minotaur bodyguard, uh, and they um, they come up to uh, to this this eulogizer to this figure. Um, and uh, as they speak, they hold out uh, a device. Uh, and so the the, the scout says um, quietly, "Devastator, most powerful among us," and gestures to them. Uh, and holds out a uh, burnt and twisted silver device of some kind. Um, at one point, it might have been a, a, a graceful artifact, but now fire damaged uh, and cracked. We can only see that it has a, a silver casing and a, a blue crystal of some kind that when the scout presents it uh, flickers to life, though the image that is uh, is displayed from this from this crystal, the, the sort of hologram that appears in blue mana above it is somewhat hard to make out but it's very clear to us who it depicts uh we see a, a familiar looking goblin uh dosing the interior of a building with i think it was gasoline uh, i think i don't know where you got it but there's we see you causing trouble uh and talking to someone off screen now there's no there's no audio um but we see this this image and as the uh, as the image uh, pans out slightly we see flames flickering at the edge of it and uh, we see Vico uh, still handcuffed to a bench uh, left behind by uh, by Tack as they light the uh, the precinct on fire. Um, we see the the reaction on the face of this this half elf. They're scowling with barely contained rage. We can, we can almost hear their teeth like cracking uh, as they uh, as they they snarl at this image. And they turn to their bodyguard and they they grab them uh, and they say. Um, <sighs> Go find that goblin. Show them what gruel punishment feels like. And the uh, the Minotaur nods 
uh, and heads out into the crowd to find a uh, find a, a group of, of people uh, to go and, and carry out this punishment. And we stick with the scout for a moment as as the devastator, uh, so-called, goes back to their platform. We stay with the, the cloaked scout. And as they slip away from the from the, the crowd and the gruel celebrating fades, uh, so, too, does their gruel disguise. Uh, and we oh. see we see in their place the 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 face of the uh, the woman that has been vexing the group of you for so very many episodes. Uh, we see this this spy who seems now to have both infiltrated the Azorius and the Gruel to some degree. Uh, and uh, yes, and so she, uh, she she we see her look briefly back behind her mission accomplished, having stirred the pot, and uh, and then disappears into the streets of Ravnica. So she's so good at her fucking job. She's very oh. good at it. Yes. <laughs> so meanwhile, ain't scared. Meanwhile, uh, the uh, I think the the group of you have all spent some time pursuing uh, pursuing your own your own various agenda. Uh, you all have uh, have accomplished some uh, some connections with your your guild, and I suppose you meet up again uh, after after the fact. Um, are we back at the uh, are you back at the host in the shell? Where where do we see the group of you? What do you mm. think? Mm. Man, do we even get back together? <laughs> I mean, like, actually, this game is just four separate D&D games now. Um, we are never, ever, ever. Um, dang. Yeah, I guess we I guess we would at some point. Um, is the host in the shell safe? I think, uh, did we determine that that was where we were going to meet up again? Or yeah, like so let's, th- let's talk about the host in the shell for a second. Cause way back at the beginning of, uh, the beginning of the game, we, we made some choices about the, the host itself and kind of its oh, qualities. Yeah. Um, and I believe one of them was that unless you bring, unless you actively bring someone, uh, there or, or like ignore its upkeep, um, that it is, uh, it is secret, right? It has this legitimate cover and that by moving it and by maintaining the business and all of that, um, that, that it, it remains a safe place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that if you, yeah, if you lay low and you give it a couple of days, uh, you can return to the host in the shell and it's, uh, and it's safe. Okay. Hmm. Um, Winnegar is, even if we did decide to go back to Host in the Shell, Winnegar is just like sucked into the machine. Like he is trying to gather as much information as he can. Uh, and, and even just like specifically about this person that killed Wenzel uh, and this woman that kidnapped uh road but even with that he's also going down this rabbit hole of like i can learn everything about anyone <laughs> and it's like the first like the first day the first week you had internet at your house you yeah. know what i mean like like that's exactly what it is <laughs> uh, you're like this is way better than in carta 95 so okay so you let, let's talk about the your 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 bat cave right because like, do you do you want to keep Nurm's apartment as your new secret Banopticon access point and have you kowtowed Nurm into becoming your Alfred or your Robin? I'm not really sure where that analogy landed, but like because Nurm, remember, you ruined Nurm's experiments, right? Yeah. So you either have to, like, continue to browbeat him into being your assistant or just be like, thanks, I'm out and then take 
your take your stuff elsewhere. Yeah, I think I want to make him my assistant. I yeah. think I want to like because I don't want to move anything like we got it to work. Yes. Like I don't want it to I don't want to take it all apart and like move it out. OK. Uh, I, I want to explain to Nurm that this is important that we, uh, you know, is a huge discovery that he is now a part of right now. OK. Does he like notice? Like, obviously, he knows about the thopter, right? So does it like does he notice what you're doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would explain I think I would explain everything to Nerm. I don't have time for lying right now. Like I don't have time for anything. I don't have time for eating or drinking. Yeah. I'm like a husker. Like it's the machinist, right? Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's and that's the danger for Winnegar is getting sucked into because the 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 most dangerous thing to someone who's like uh, unstoppably curious is an infinite supply of information because you will just gorge yourself on it until you burst. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's dangerous. So the idea here then is to rope Nurm into that. So do you move into Nurm's apartment? Yeah, I guess I'm just like falling asleep when I fall asleep, wherever I fall asleep and just waking up and going back and just like watching real time hours of just information. Okay. Um, from doctors all over the place and then trying to like coordinate like okay well how many actually are there and like what are they what is like the focus is there any like curiosities that they're anything weird that they're doing or like anyone that they're picking out or is it like everything on the up and up like where do they go like where do they come like where do they come from like everything basically i'm trying to figure you're, out you're, you're operating your cotton eye joe principles <laughs> <laughs> where did you come from where did you go that's right it's important you could use the system to know the answer to that question you could also probably find out who let the dogs out um <laughs> oh you could find them and you could stop them so uh okay so so Winnegar has moved into nerm's apartment and nerm has nerm has made space uh for you uh after being a brow beaten uh into uh into becoming your uh your assistant and I think I want to get you to I want to roll. I want to get you to roll to see if Nurm. I want to see if Nurm is like resentful or like secretly harboring, you know, plans against you or whether he, he's like on board. Yeah, I want to see how long or- it Yeah, it depends on how you do it. Right. It sounds like you're inviting him in rather than being like, yeah. do this or I will destroy you. So persuasion seems like and- the choice. <laughs> And when, like, you tell him that you said everything, does that include the conspiracy? Is that, like, everything, everything? Well, every everything that has to do with, like, this machine. Not so much, like, okay. what I'm specifically looking for, yeah. but just, like, Nurm, we're in it now. Like, let's yes. go through this secret network of everything. And, well, like, yeah. Everything. And you, you also have you also have the ability to, um, to, to kind of browbeat him in the sense of being, like, listen, you are you're part of this crime now, right? Like you are yeah, like, if true. the Azorius come looking for me, they're going to bust you too, because you have stolen, stolen Azorius technology that is better than the tech you have access to. And it's going to be great for you, except that you need to like, you have to work together, right? So you do have some leverage over him for sure. Yeah. I think I'm going to try persuasion first and then intimidation. <laughs> if it fails. Okay. All right. I think that's the master plan of like all great. Okay. So you, you've come, you've come to Nurm after maybe in a, a brief moment of being able to tear your eyes away from this, this device. Um, and I think, I think, I don't know how you want to, how you want to do it, but like, I think it's possible for you to have fashioned the ornithopter into like a projector or like some kind of like VR helmet that you put on that you can like use. 
Yeah, I keep picturing like like a like a microfiche type thing happening. <laughs> yeah, like, nice. Like like just like I'm like we're sucked in and like maybe we share like one eye, one eye, like looking at it at the same time. Yeah, well, and maybe that's something to work towards, right? Making like making a custom interface for this thing. You have you need the ornithopter itself, but maybe someday you won't, and you can build your own you know chamber to to live in. But okay, so for right now, you got to buy, you got to get him on board. So. Nerm, uh, let's have you make a, let's have you make a persuasion roll. Uh, I think to persuade Nerm, it's going to be, oh yeah. Yeah. You're going to need to try a little harder than a 12. So five on persuasion. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Winnegar very charismatic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wait, why is everyone? So what, what are they talking about over there? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So 12. A 12 on perception isn't enough to get over. So Nerm, you, 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 let's, let's say we, we come in on like, uh, we'll do a brief scene. You come in on, on explaining to Nerm, like you can be a part of this buddy. Yeah. Uh, and he, Nerm, you're going to want, you're going to want in on this. Okay. And like, I'm just like, totally like, like glitching out. Yeah. Like, like Nerm, Nerm, I'm telling you, this is, this is the discovery of, of an entire lifetime and it's in your apartment. Okay. Don't be a fool, Nerm. You're going to, you're going to think of all the things we can learn, what we can do with this. And he, he, he's just looking at you with this mixture of like f- fear and not pity exactly, but like he's afraid of you and what you are becoming and also like what you've done to his apartment and his life and his work, right? Like his work mattered to him. And he, he, he looks at you and he, he says, um, this, this stuff, you stole it. You stole it from the Azorius, which normally I would be fine with, but they're going to come looking for it. That, that's Dovin Band's personal equipment. He, he doesn't care about anything more than those things. And, and now it was bad enough when you and then the way that the way the tack was treating me and I put up with it because, you know, they're they're cute and stuff. But but you I don't know what your excuse is. You, you're you're acting like a lunatic. And he, he looks around and you, you you sent me back months. Do you have any idea how many resources and how much groveling I had to do to to build that thing? And then you use it for this. And like, okay, all right, Winnegar, I get it. You're you're in the zone. We've all been there. But this, you're you're gonna end up in a prison cell, or worse, buried under New Prov somewhere. And I don't want to go down with you. You need to take this to the. You need to take this all the way to the top. You have to take it to the guild. The Peru needs to see this. I. And if you're not gonna do it, well, I'll go there right now and tell him myself. Um. During this speech, when Winnegar realizes it was going to take longer than a minute, uh-huh. he's already shipped his focus back to the machine. <laughs> right, you're just thinking about all the information that's just flying past you. And just like, he's like yelling, like yelling at me, like yeah. right here. And like Winnegar is just locked in. Yeah. And he's talking to him while still searching. Yeah. And like, he's going to intimidate him now. Okay. And, uh, you know. Uh, like where he's like, you need to go to the, the yeah, authorities gotta, or whatever. Yeah, we got to go right. to the Perun. We got to tell, like, we got to take this all the way to the top. I'm going to, uh, like, not even look away. I just want to grab his wrist while he's talking. Uh-huh. I just, like, grab his wrist and just, like, n- not lose my focus on what's going on. I'm just, like, staring, like, in the opposite direction yeah. and be like, Nerm, we're not in the shallow end anymore. We're too fucking deep right now do you understand if you go if you leave this apartment 
you don't come back. I have to find you. There's no place where you can run, Nerm. You leave here, I will find you. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Let go of his, let go of his wrists, and just like I'm still like focused. Yeah, like, on the ornithopter. Post death, Wenzel is terrifying. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> after after Wenzel's death, Winnegar took a dark turn. So okay, yeah. Um, I mean that sounds definitely like you're intimidating him. I can, I think you can do it with do with advantage. Oh my god. Cool, no. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. So Winnegar got a crit, got a, a 20. A, it's a perfect roll. Uh so you find you find that tiny spark of rebellion that lives in all people, the the willingness <laughs> yeah. to say no to being browbeaten. You find you find that that tiny flame of doing the right thing and you stamp it out. You just <laughs> grind it like a cigarette butt under your heel. And uh, somewhere inside Nerm, uh, his free will just crumbles, uh, and he is now, he understands who the boss is. Whoa. This it's, is not, it's not Tony Danza, it's you. You're the boss. Uh, and he, he just looks up at you, and you just, you see obedience just wash over his features, and he, he nods, uh, and, he, uh, and he says, uh, okay, okay, Winnegar. All right, you're... You're in charge, I guess. Uh, well, if, if hey, <laughs> if this thing is as uh, as uh, powerful as you say, may- maybe it's maybe it's old Niv Mazette that needs to watch out, huh? <laughs> look, look out, Ral, we're we're coming for you. <laughs> uh, what what can I do to help? Uh, God. What can he do to help? I guess. I mean, you could just be like, "Go make me a sandwich, asshole." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll just tell him like, close the shades, bring the supplies to the center of the room. We're gonna be here a long time. <laughs> okay, perfect. All right. So I think then, like he does, and we we fade out on that, and then maybe uh, Road, uh, Tack, and Torgor, you. And and Winnegar had all agreed to meet at a certain time and and date. And you were like, all right, two days, we're going to meet back here at the at the host in the show. And you're there, but Winnegar hasn't showed up. Like Winnegar is late, and not like ten minutes late, but late enough that you're like starting to feel a little, maybe a little tense about it, or that would be justified. So you're in you're in your karaoke room, um, which. I guess Winnegar, did you did you send for all of the boxes? Did you have like a courier come and, and take them away? Because that's where some of your stuff was, right? Or some of like Wenzel's stuff. Um, or is the is the karaoke room still jammed full of is it crates? Yeah, I think it's still jammed okay, full of the is it stuff. Yeah, for sure. Okay, all right. Yeah, he went straight from the charity place straight to Nerms, uh, and he hasn't. He's still wearing his same, like, his bad tuxedo. I guess that happened in that shitty tuxedo. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. Just a sh- like a tuxedo with, like, food stains and, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, like, the bow ties, like, undone and the cummerbunds hanging off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so the three the three of you are uh, are in the, uh, in the, the karaoke room. And, um, yeah, Winnegar has not yet arrived. Um, we fade in on that scene. I mean, he's your best friend, Torgor. If anyone's going to know where he is, it's going to be you. Honestly, Torgor doesn't even recognize Winnegar anymore. Um, what are you 
What do you mean? I really think Wenzel dying on his watch has changed him. And I and I don't even know if he's doing this anymore, if I'm honest. He might he might just be out. He he quit? Uh, who can who knows what really happens in that Vidalkin mind, but <laughs> Torgor can't even anticipate it anymore. And Torgor really thought he knew his best friend, and now it's it's all a wash. Mm. Takes a long Dude. drag of his cigarette. Then now Torgor yeah, has Torgor smokes a... now. That's yeah. Right. I forgot. Smoke now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, I th- believe at this point he has ten weeks to live, nine weeks to. Live. It was yeah. originally like twelve, right? Yeah. I think I think we're done. Yeah. Every time we look at Torgor, there's like a counter on the screen, like mm-hmm. time until soul stealing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rosa talked to you about your life debt. No one, no, no one coming. Well, I mean, Torgor hasn't received any word from the Rose, unless uh, you all have. <laughs> No. Um, uh, do you think Ro? Do you think? Uh, do you think Voshka lets people quit? I think it's really sweet that you guys think he's still alive. <laughs> Keep that hope in your hearts. Torger like mm-hmm. looks at TK and realizes he didn't <laughs> even consider. <it. laughs> and TK, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. We are definitely the looks at Tack and just has this moment where he's like, someone could have gotten Winnegar, like, and now is like also panicked because like, what if someone's picking off the team one by one? Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like TK, like uh, Katie was the first target. It's just, I'm so sorry. Katie was the first <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> was the first target <laughs> and now it's Winnegar mm-hmm. and the next it could be Tech and Torgor will be blast because of his notoriety this he, this Torgor knows uh, and also it's his like worst nightmare of being the last one alive yeah and, yeah surrounded by your dead friends right right constantly just like running this and now panicking and like pacing around the room like okay uh, where could Winnegar be and 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 Tech hasn't been to visit Nurm at all I mean, Ted, yeah, Ted, nah, you were Ted, you were with mom, right? Yeah, Nerm's not really like, he stopped changing the locks, so like I can take a hit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so Nerm stopped making it hard for you to break in. Yeah, so that obviously like, means. Well, what's the point? So I haven't really been there this week. Goblin romance is so confusing. I love it. Yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> It's just especially yours, okay? Yeah. I don't know. I guess there's not really a reason to go over there. It's like I've seen everything he has to steal this week. So it's kind of like, you know, I usually just kind of like spy on him and wait to see if he gets like a new appliance in or something. And take it when he's not looking. Yeah. Okay. Well, I asked. This um, explains the toaster oven that no one had asked about that's been in the in the karaoke room for a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, that, that tack is now heating up two toaster strudels. <laughs> it's got Nerm's toaster written on the side of it in <laughs> red paint. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if, if he wants to quit, that's... We're not uh, assassins. We're not gonna... We're not... That's not our job. <laughs> Yet? I mean, I'm just saying, like, it only takes one, right? (laughs) That is true. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. (laughs) Um, 
I, I mean, I'm not his mom. I'm not going to make him show up to a meeting. And if he's dead, then there's nothing we can do about that either. I mean, he could have gone to the cops, too. But then, like, that, the cops would come to us. That would be a problem. When you say the cops could come to us, there's a knock on the door. You hear? <laughs> All right. So, Manager's dead. Or we're going to have to kill him. And also, we have to open up this door and kill who was the first outside. Are you? Who is that? We're singing. <laughs> Are you a cop? <laughs> There's a pause. And then you hear a low, uh, a low voice be like, no, it's not the cops. It's me. <laughs> And then the door, you hear like, you hear awkward, you hear awkward rattling, uh, and the, you see the handle kind of like jiggle. And then you hear, yeah, you hear, you hear the, you hear the manager outside. you like, somebody open the door. I open the door. God okay. Do the door. Uh, so I put a blanket over the toaster strudel, like to- toaster oven. I unplug it. That's first. not a fire hazard. I was I'm about sure to say, that. I was about to say, so you, you throw this thing and in the background of this whole scene, slowly smoke billows up from <laughs> under the blanket. I don't want him to know I'm eating store-bought toaster pastries. <laughs> yeah. He'd be real hurt that you're not consuming his like kitchen worth of food. So I mean, yes, uh, the door, you, you open the door and you see standing there, uh, filling the frame. Cause it's a human sized frame and they're an ogre sized ogre, <laughs> uh, dressed in, dressed in their, their managerial maid outfit. Uh, you see the, uh, the owner of this place. And, and the reason they were struggling with the door is because they have a big tray of, uh, of like fancy, like probably like, like root beer floats or something. Oh, hell um, yeah. Yeah. And there's four, I mean, there's four like, of them. Dregs is poisoning us. So there's four of them and Dregs, yeah, Dregs looks in the room and, and he was like, uh, he's like, I, um, I, th- I thought you could use some refreshments for your, your big secret meeting. Dregs, are there poison in these root beer floats? <laughs> How many root beer floats are there? There are four. Uh, and he looks at them and he looks at them and he's like, what? what do you mean other poison? It's, it's got root beer and ice cream. Come on. I, I mean poison. Can I roll something to see? If yes, you can roll insight to see if Dregs is lying. Awesome. Yeah. While she's doing that, I want to drink both my and Winnegar's. Yeah. Food. Okay. Uh, it's only a 12. 12. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I guess you'll know if I die. I'm going to roll. Rip. I'm going to roll for no reason at all. I'm just going to do you. it out in the open. I rolled for no reason a 17. He does not. Dregs does not appear to be lying to you. God, we're gonna die from poisoned root beer floats. So tech, you you just come over and grab grab both and oh, just start down. Heck them. yeah! Okay. And you better believe that, like you know, there's a dollop of ice cream at the bottom. It's going straight down. Yeah. So you just I start. Wait, ah, I'm just chugging like, this. No. And they're they're big, and you're a goblin. You got a big mouth, but like your little hands like wrap around. And you just like start drinking oh. the thing, and uh, and he's like, he's like, whoa, hey, yo, slow down. You're gonna give yourself a headache. Yeah, leave one for everybody. And he he looks, and then he says that he looks around. Uh, so particular. And he's, have my- he's like, hey, where's uh, where's, nice. Blue- where's blueberry? Three. Blueberry. Um, he's dead. What? Probably. And like, he's like, puts, puts his hand on his chest. And it's this big, big meaty hand, but he's got a perfect manicure uh, on top of his very ruffly outfit. He's like, what? The rose had him killed. <laughs> and he squints. I, I think. Like, I don't dead. know. Or he went to the cops. We're not sure. We don't know that. Oh, he's hey, dead. Whoa, hang, hang on with the theories here. So we don't uh, know that he's not dead. It, he's, he's just a no show. We don't know why, but he is a no show. But uh, uh, you living La Vida Loca hasn't been touched in over a week. He's not coming back. <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> That's a sad, sad look over at the machine. <laughs> 
And he, he he's like, oh, wait, well, hold on, hold on. What? So where he, Blueberry's gone missing? And I mean, well, probably. And you don't know where he is. Did he communicate to us that he, like, was, well, I guess there's a question for Winnegar, like, yeah. Did Winnegar communicate to the group that he was going to go work on the ornithopter at NERMS? No. no? Okay. So we, we have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Winnegar cannot be reached. He is at the he's bottom dead. of a very deep TV trope's hole. <laughs> yeah. Gone. He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> Dregs starts to cry. <laughs> so his eyes like well up and tears start coming down his face and he shakes his head. He's like, that, that can't be possible. I'm gonna reach just, for the fourth root yeah, here. Yeah, he's like, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, like, he's just shaking Amen. his head, and, and he's like, they yeah. can't. And he looks at you, Torgor, and he's like, Tor, he, you can't. He can't be dead. I, I, I just saw the little guy like two days ago. Uh, what? And he, and he's like, yeah, no, he had like, he, he, he had some stuff here that he had to, he had to take away some, some uh, equipment from the, from the boxes, which well, I've been meaning to going? get you to clear out, but, and he. <laughs> What what happened? So what? he's ghosting us. He's a ghost now. Oh no! <laughs> no. Oh, oh poor ghost. guy. Oh, they could have they could have let him rest in peace, and now he's a ghost, uh, haunting oh some terrible Drake. graveyard someplace. Oh, oh, no. oh, oh, I can't handle it. And he like Drake. he puts the tray down, and he puts his hand on his chest, and he's like, "I'm hyperventilating. Give me some space." Oh God. <laughs> Drank, this um, is the character change that we need it. <laughs> it's very it's wholesome. One character with compassion in this whole fucking show. <laughs> watch watch as Torgor squashes it out of me. Yeah, um, go. I, I, I go so, to try to intimidate Dregs to telling me if he oh knows anything God. about Winnegar and the way like where he went. Like I go up and I like, shake him I'm like slip out of it. Slip out of it. Get oh out of get a hold of yourself. Feed me. Do it. I, we don't know if Winnegar's dead. He's definitely dead. Well, we're going to definitely not know if you don't tell us everything from the last time he was in here. So you want to you wanna try to get him to like snap out of his grief. Yeah, out of uh, shock. And okay, like, by, by intimidating him. And yeah. this, so this is, this is something like Road, Road and, and Tack, um, these are, these are both, despite the fact that one of them is dressed like a maid, these are both big boys. This is like <laughs> a fight between the two of them would wreck this place. Oh my God. Um, so Torgor. All right. Torgor, you, you rush over and you grab him and you're like, snap yes. out of it. You need to tell me everything you know. Um, make a, um, make a, make an intimidation check. Oh my gosh. Oh, you're an 11 is not very good. Uh, oh let me, I'm going to make a, let me grab a stat block for an ogre here. We'll see Tack what just happens. sees Torgor like gently caressing Dreg's meaty <laughs> maid arms. Mm -hmm. It's just oh. like, ah, oh, Yes. <laughs> Fantastic! Rock takes out one of uh, attacks um, toaster strudels from the toaster oven and eats it and sits oh back God. down. <laughs> watching like this live romance novel. What <laughs> what flavor of uh, of toaster strudel is it? Um, strawberry, the only flavor. Okay, yeah. all right. I'm I mean, sorry, I'm sure I didn't mean to get brown that. sugar cinnamon is absolutely the only Excuse flavor. Excuse me. I'm sure we that have this fight. I'm sure that Ravnica has some kind of like special like. Schnozberries or whatever, right? I'm like, sorry, Adam. Just what? Katie, excuse me. Did you say brown sugar, brown sugar cinnamon? And um, I we can fight about this out there, but we'll absolutely <laughs> fight about this. Are you going to Gamehole Con? 
yes. Please don't bring a knife. Oh, no. <laughs> is it is it bad that I really like the Apple one? I think that's the good one, right? Get guys? out of here. I feel, like, I feel like Apple Apple is a vinegar choice. Um, I don't believe that Carlos actually believes that. <laughs> so uh, let me make a let me make a wisdom save. Uh, I need a uh, I need an eleven or better. Yet. Oh, all right. Uh, all right. Dregs gets a one. Just, oh my gosh. These I'm NPCs ready. are just getting trampled today. Oh so you like, oh, shake him. And there's a moment where he, he like he snarls and he's still got the big ogre teeth and stuff. And <gasps> you feel, you feel him tense up like he's going to punch you. Uh, and then, and then you give him one more hard shake and he kind of snaps out of it. Uh, and, uh, and he's like, I, uh, Winnegar, I, uh, I saw him, uh, and we we do the like Wayne's World, the like as we transfer back to. So Winnegar, uh, you you had reason to come back to the host in the shell to pick up some some stuff for your experiment. Um, oh thank God, I thought it was the spy again. Oh my God. <laughs> no, this is a this is a scene change. Oh thank. We get the Winnegar symbol and it flies back and forth on the screen. So you had to come back to the to the host in the shell. So you went back to Midori Park and you 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 went to the host and. Where are you when you run into Dregs? Are you in the room, like rummaging through the boxes, looking for something? Uh, do you do you see him in the the front hall? Like where where do you, um, you bump into Dregs? Yeah, I think I think I would be rummaging through the boxes. Really, like I imagine, I went to the charity event, then went to Nerms and started working on it. I had some failures, and then went to. Uh, host in the shell to get some stuff to make it so like it, I haven't I haven't figured it out yet in this flashback I imagine yeah um, yeah yeah so maybe you're maybe you're looking for some like power converters you blew out in your first attempt or something yeah yeah okay. um yeah all right so you're you're noisily digging through these boxes in the in the karaoke room and so we see we see dregs coming down the hall like kind of trying to be stealthy because he's like think somebody broke in or something and he's got he's yeah. got like the, the ogre equivalent, he's got a, like a baseball bat and he's wearing his yeah. guy's uniform. He's like tiptoeing up to the door. He, I, I'm all I'm picturing is the dad from Back to the Future 2 when <laughs> Marty goes into the uh, little girl's room. So hold on, hold on. So does that does that mean that Dregs is an ogre played by Crispin Glover? <laughs> no, no, no. The the uh, the dad in the there's in, in Back to the Future too. He tries to go into his old house, but someone else lives there. Uh, the other dad, okay. yeah, the other dad who only shows up. Yeah, I think he calls him a turkey too, and like swings the bat and tries to. <laughs> it's like I'm not selling this house. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right, so so Dregs yeah sneaks up to the, the corner. We see him like around the corner, and then he jumps into the room holding the bat and he, he, he he's about to like swing it at you and they realize who it is and he's like oh oh hey Ah! <laughs> hey, well, it's okay. It's okay. I just ah! I thought you were. Ah! I'm sorry. Take my money here. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, it's it's me. It's it's Dregs. It's oh you're... hey, what's going on, Dregs? I just I heard you r- rattling around back here and I I thought I thought there was trouble. What with what happened uh, before and that that poor guy and and road and everything. I uh yeah. You okay? You, you look like yeah. you haven't slept in a while. Yeah, I'm 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 onto something. Just uh, had a swing by here to pick up some some supplies, and I'm headed right back out, Dreg. Oh, so you're gonna clear this place out? Oh, good, good, because I've been meaning to ask you about that. It's 
it's uh, very unsightly. I mean, I know nobody else comes back here, but I'm, you know me, I'm, I'm personally very fastidious. And so having all these boxes back here collecting dust, it just, it, it causes me anxiety, you know? And when I have anxiety, I can't run the business. When I can't run the business, then our enemies will find out about the great conspiracy we're a part of. And then we all get captured. And I don't know, maybe we get Greg, our minds Don't wiped. say, don't, don't talk like that. First of all, this don't, is what happens. Don't say- I, I spiral, I spiral. I've been talking no, to my therapist it about it. It's, I gotta, okay. Deep breaths. Here we go. And, um, Winninger is just like filling this bag full of stuff. Everything that he thinks is important that he can use right now, he's throwing into this bag. And like, he can see that Dregs is concerned with all the other stuff. And he's like, burn it. I don't care. And like, he like, he like takes the bag, puts it on and then like starts to walk out. Yeah. Okay. And so, so as you, as you go to walk out, he, he, he finishes his like one minute meditation and, uh, and so you're in the hall and you're walking this bag over your shoulder and he, he says, uh, Oh, Hey, Hey, hang on a second. And he, he stopped and he, he walks yeah. up to you and he, he says, um, I, uh, well, I don't make it, I don't make it a habit to, you know, get involved with the operatives, but, um, I gotta, I gotta say, Winninger, you look, you look troubled. Have you, you talked to anybody about, you know, what happened? Uh, and then Winninger's like eyes glaze over and he's just like, no dregs. I'm fine. I'm going to be seeing you real soon. If I get this thing figured out the way it needs to be, I'll be seeing you real soon. And then, like, like, like an illusion, like I'm gonna be spying oh, on yeah, everything. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna be like, I'll yeah. see you soon, Dregs. I'll yeah. see everything Real soon. soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it you're is. Fucking, yeah. You're, you're, you're Sam Neil from from Event Horizon right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. all right. So he just, he just like nods and and. And then you walk away and we, we crossfade back and Torgor, uh, you've just been given this, all this information. Right? He just told you, described this story to you. That's what we're seeing. Uh, and Dreg says, um, you know, I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have let him go. I knew he was going to get himself into trouble, but I, I try not to get involved. You know, mm-hmm. I got to keep my distance. We all got a job to do. And, ah, uh, uh, Dregs, Dregs, you goofed it up again. Uh, I oh, go, boy. I go over to dregs and i like just like yeah i mean you've already got him in your hands right like yeah, yeah. Firm I, I got him in the hands, and then i like, circle my arms around his back and be like it's okay we've all been through a lot recently all right no one thought that the ghost in the shell wasn't safe um trust me it is it is hard on all of us do you and do I, you say do you say those magic words it's not your fault <laughs> he more or less like uh, like badgers him being like look we're all gonna be fine also it's a little egotistical of you to think that this is your fault just just letting you know <laughs> but tack is like hard elbowing road like they're gonna kiss they're totally gonna kiss <laughs> I'm nodding. I I'm split ready. I split the pop tart in half and I offer half of it. Uh <laughs> Tack accepts it and then also eats all of theirs. <laughs> Good. That was your yeah, choice. That, I, I like like set him down and I and I turn to the group yeah. and I'm like What are y'all looking at? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and Tack then it's, was like uh, uh, 
Uh, uh, no, I was just thinking, does anyone know where Winnegar lives? Well, uh, Torgor was thinking about that while Dreg was talking. And I remember, because like Torgor assisted Winnegar's first attempt that went wrong, right? With the, if I'm remembering correctly, with the Ornithopter. And so I, I would love to like, when he says, see everything real soon, mm-hmm. I think Torgor like kind of understands. And then he's like, well, where's the Thopter? Where's the ornithopter? Right. Which tack? You know the it's answer a, to that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I imagine we cut to a scene with the ornithopter in the background of it. <laughs> uh, and tack is there. And Herm is, is like, also there. Their memory. And it's like, nope, those are rotten eggshells. And then like, yeah. dance in the kitchen. Uh, oh, he's got that sad box of feelings. <laughs> Uh, there were no shooty thingies. We left a <laughs> basketball in a box. <gasps> Guys, I know where the thopter is. You told us a week ago. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. While Tack is thinking about it, we were already outside of Nerm's yeah. place. Like, we've already been. <laughs> <Yeah. out there>. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah. Tack just says it to an Tack empty room. Like- <laughs> All of, like numbers in their heads, just like guys. Like, oh, oh, is this how Winnegar feels? <laughs> yeah, and it's clearly it's clearly gone from daytime to nighttime between when you started talking and then afterwards. One hundred percent. They're probably back with Winnegar by now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, cool. Okay, so so you Torgor, you and uh, and Road, and then Tack also because the gag is fine. it's fine. Tack, you're there. Yeah. Um, so the three of you are outside of. Um, you're outside of Nurm's, uh, Nurm's apartment, but the apartment has been fortified somewhat. Um, I think probably there are um, like go away signs that have been put up in various languages. There's like a perimeter now. They've probably oh put gosh. up some kind of like fence. And, and in a way, like it wasn't Nurm's apartment was never in a great neighborhood. But now Nurm is actively contributing to the degradation of the neighborhood in that like. <laughs> They they have Wait. this is like fortress Nurm slash Winnegar like they Nurm's part of Nurm's job has been to like keep people away from bothering the master. So can we can we investigate to see if there's a sign that says it's just a circle and a line through it and then says you in the middle? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. It's like is that? Is like, oh, I'm getting it. I'm getting it now. Uh, Tack does does this mean that Nurm is proposing to you? <laughs> I think he's ready to take me back, guys. Wow. <laughs> Okay. The, hey. heat, the heat is on. Um, yeah. So, uh, oh, bye, bye, Torgor. <laughs> bye. Let me see if you block the chimney. Sit down here. <laughs> so I'm tack now. Um, awesome. Okay. Well, let's here. Which there we go. Now we're all we're all rearranged. Okay. So, uh, so let's let's yeah. We've got this scene. It's uh, it's dark. There's rain. Um, it looks like what you imagine the mansion of an insane is it genius to look like. There's like a for no reason at all a Jacob's ladder like sticking off the roof and like there's there've been uh, scientific and uh, and and defensive uh, additions made to this this place. So um, you are standing before it and ostensibly somewhere in this layer of mad science, Nurm and uh, and Winnegar uh, dwell. Can I? Can I say that as soon as they approach the house, uh, like Nurm is already outside with an umbrella, 
because we saw them coming. Oh, of course. Like, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he, he's just like waiting there. Like they don't even notice him. Like he's on like the corner because I imagine we fortified it. So there's like a secret entrance that you have to go into now to get into the place. So he's out there with an umbrella um, and an extra one. For, I'm thinking for like, him. I'm kind of thinking of like a, a fantasy version of Gene Hackman's character's apartment from enemy of the state. Oh God, I do not remember that movie. <laughs> I'm just gonna put that. That's just a nice deep old film it's reference. Okay. I'll remember. Yeah, basically, like a lot of like nested. Like you go in a fir- the first door and the, the door closes behind you, and there's like a view screen. Like oh. you can watch from above, and there's like barbed wire and and like there's several layers of Faraday cage and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because part of I think part of what uh, and, and obviously you can you your Winninger is your thing, but Nur for Nurm at least part of being able to see everyone is also making yourself paranoid about who's watching you. Right. Yeah. So like there, there is that like trying to shield yourself from view because you also know that if, if uh, your dear friend Dovin Ban ever finds out what you have, you are screwed. So yeah, this place has become uh, heavily fortified against intrusion, but yeah, I think if you knew your friends are coming, uh, we can, we can have Nurm uh, waiting outside and why don't we why don't we have that as our, our shot for the break and then we'll, we'll get Masood back on board. Um, so it's everybody gathered outside in the rain and then you hear the snap of an umbrella and we see and Nurm looks like shit like he's he's all like <laughs> hunched. He's totally like egorified. He's all hunched over and like his hair's all scraggly and like one eye's all bulging and because he hasn't slept either. <laughs> oh and he's gosh. just been serving Winnegar's every whim. He uh, probably looks so Golgari right now. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's half. He's a one foot in the grave. Oh, yeah. And yeah, oh he comes God. out with his black umbrella and he, he looks up and he's got this look on his face like, I'm so glad you're here. The master has such wonderful things to show you. Come inside. This is the most attracted to him. <laughs> you're just like, yes. Schwing. All right, cool. So we'll 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 leave it on that for now. We'll take a short break. And uh, hopefully when we return, we'll have our mentor companion again. I'm going to lean back into frame. I'm not actually tech. Stick around. We'll be right back. <laughs> 